We hope you have ears to hear, eyes to see, because this isn't given for everybody. And the grace, you know, we talked about those four stages in which Yahweh threw out this, through these eons of time, you know, through this cycle of the great will in the sky, so to speak, where God is doing things. We see that he uses four, he's used four things, basically every age or aeon, 2250 years, 2150, whatever school you're out of, we know that so many years is an aeon or an age. And in all those ages, only, only about one third, not only about, one third of the time clock of God in the heavens do we even know about, really. I believe the angels of the Elohim are people who already have qualified in a previous time. That's why I have no problem believing the earth is way older than it is. Somebody said, what about dinosaurs? Well, they missed that day the ark took off, is all, I guess, whatever. I mean, you know, I mean, we have so many things. You know, the, the earth is, I don't want to get into that. Let me stop right here and let me go on my, my point here today. What I want us to be able to understand is God used four things and he's using four things to to accomplish what his purpose is in the earth and i gotta tell you right now i know i get criticism for this but saving everybody is not god's purpose evangelizing the whole world that is not god's purpose his purpose is that he will be all and in all that's what his name means if you don't know what his name is you're not gonna know what his name means you know what his name means you're not gonna understand why whereby which he's gonna accomplish what he's trying to do and that's what we're here for. Number one, he used fathers. You just read the patriarchs in the Bible. Then he used the law. Then he moved to using grace. And remember, grace is not a license to sin. Grace is the empowerment of a, of a God being in a man by his spirit, not being on him. In old, older times, under the, under the uh, fathers and the law, the, the spirit was upon a man. But now, it's much further than that. It's being... It's being receiving the sperma, the word of God, the spirit of God in us. So the, that grace gives is that empowerment to do the law, to become perfect. Not in that you don't have any flaws ever, but in that you become mature and finish what God started. And then, of course, he's going to finish this whole thing with kingdom. Y'all got it? So I wanna, I've been talking to you about something called baptism into the body. It's milk. I mean, this is milk. I mean, it, 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 it's just, it's not, even, it's not even homogenized or pasteurized milk. This is baby right out of mommy's breast milk. This is as simple as you can get. But it's amazing that to me that nobody knows this. But yet again, I understand why people don't know it. Because the Bible calls these things a great mystery. Think close. Now listen close to me. I'm not going to teach on the mystery today. Hopefully next week I'm going to teach on the mystery. There's more than one mystery. The mystery of godliness or godlikeness. The mystery of, great mystery of Christ and his church. I mean, there's all these mysteries that I may talk about next week. And I was going to talk about them today, but I don't think we're done yet. Really getting this into our minds and into our hearts. I thought we had a great, great session Wednesday night of regurgitating this and going over this and... and uh, I know it, it just strengthens us when we're here to do that. The laying on of hands is something 
that I want you to understand that just coming to church isn't just coming to church. That's what they do all over the world. People go to church everywhere, but, but there's something that is mysterious, and there's a spiritual dynamic that takes place in all these things. Just baptizing water doesn't mean you just got dunked in water. Something spiritual and organic should happen. I talked about that week before last, about that, that what, who Christ in us, it should be something that becomes organic. What does that mean? It is an organism that begins to work in us and grow in us and causes us to make an organic change. Organic means physical, flesh and blood, organism, change. That you will no longer want to sin because that you've been changed from glory to glory. You are being changed, transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me tell you, I would say 90% of your problems today is because of laying on hands. Because most of you already know you've repented. You have faith. You, you've learned the gospel. You know these things. You've been, you've been baptized in water. And you even know resurrection from death, faith toward God. Paul said we need to go on not laying again these foundational principles. I'm suggesting that what we need to do, we need to go back and pick this one up because I think we've skipped it. And it's, and it's, it's caused our foundations to be faulty and therefore we lost the empowerment or the anointing that we should have, that should spontaneous come to our lives every day. People struggle mostly because that anointing getting in them. So I want to talk about that and continue that today. Remember I said it's for identification, laying on of hands, the fourth foundational stone in Hebrews 6. Foundational. We had, Kim said something uh, Wednesday night in, in our meeting. She said, hey, it's, it's hard for people, it's hard to get why people that study the Bible and all don't even know that the foundational principles exist. Isn't that amazing? Let me tell you why. They're blind. It ain't because it's not in the Bible. And it's in a very, very popular book in the Bible, Hebrews. I tell you that when I was coming up and growing up, I, Hebrews was a mystery to me. You hear what I just said? It's like the book of Revelation, mysterious. I was like, I just couldn't grasp it. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us exactly what happens at death, but yet preachers will preach every funeral and use this very scripture that, that is, comes against and denies the very thing that they're doing, preaching somebody in the heaven. It's crazy. I know, but I understand it because I've been there. And then there's impartation that takes place. What it is, it's putting you in the position to receive God's blessing. The blessings of God. I'm all for the blessings of God. Do you know that I know people who've been baptized in water and they go to church all the time, but they never got the blessings of God, which is way more than material. How many of y'all know that? Righteous, the kingdom's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have peace and joy, what is life anyhow? So if you want to know more about that, it's, it's your job, not for me to spend the time to go all over that and give you a review. It's your job. It's available. You, if you're serious, I told somebody the other uh, on Facebook, I said, look, if you're not, I said, when you get really serious about serving God, come see me. Because until that time, I'm going to get on your nerves. If you come to this church and you're not serious about serving God, I'm going to frustrate you. How many of you ever have let me frustrate you before? Don't raise your hands. I don't need that this morning. 
So I'm going to go right to the next part of this that I wasn't going to teach on, but I think it's important today. And then I'm going to say something about the, one of the mysteries because it has to do with laying on of hands. All right. There's two cases I want to talk about this morning that gives us a, a scriptural precedent of an example of laying on of hands. One is in the book uh, is talking about that took place, what took place in Samaria and then the other took place in Ephesus. We know that Philip, who they called the evangelist, the Bible does, went to visit Samaria. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. He preached the name of Yahshua. Because there is no other name under heaven, given in heaven and earth whereby men can be saved except that name. And I know, trust me. I know the reaction of people, my reaction, and my worship of the idol in America called Jesus. Look, I'm saddened about what's happening to, to uh, man, what's the guy's name? You just tell me about him. Uh, you know, the rapper guy. Uh, Kanye, yeah. I'm saddened by that. You want me to tell you why? Because he probably had a, repentant, a real repentant experience. But now he's out there preaching a false gospel. It, 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 it burdens me. It burns me. And his zeal, he has zeal, but it's not according to knowledge, the Bible says. He said, you have zeal, but it's just not according to knowledge. Do I like the fact, you know, I, I, to me, I'm not into all that stuff anyhow. I don't expect sinners to be Christ-like. But for him to take a change, if all that's real, what, what Kanye needs today, he needs to have a spiritual father. He needs to come sit down in the house and be disciple. Even the apostle Paul had to go out to the desert for three years before he could get out and just starting having church and altar calls. Y'all hear me? No, nothing derogatory about it. Nothing derogatory about it. This morning, people, these people in Samaria, I want you to see that, that uh, Philip preached the gospel of the kingdom. He preached the right gospel. He preached the right name. They believed it. And they got baptized by Philip. Listen close. But they did not receive the Holy Spirit. Hello? They did not receive the Holy Spirit. The apostles in Jerusalem heard this. And they sent Peter and John to Samaria to do what? To pray over these people, to have the foundational principle of laying on of hands to them, that they might become one with the one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one body, one God of Ephesians 4. Y'all hearing me? There, is, there, was no, there was no other... Thing going on over here, or they said, okay, we're going to start our own thing. No, they had to come under the authority of those that were, had delegated authority from Yahshua. Turn to your neighbor and say, delegated authority. What happened years ago, I have a friend, great guy, man. He may be listening. He listened for a while. I don't know if he still listens. Great guy. I love him. If you're watching, I love you. And he, he looked for truth. 
And so what he did, he went back and he joined the Episcopalian church and became a priest in the Episcopalian church. Now, his search was just like me. I just don't feel like he went back far enough. But he understood that he needed to be joined with the church. I'm not talking about a membership of church. Somebody said, how many members y'all got over there? I said, we don't have membership at our church. We lay hands on people, they become joined. Well, ain't that the same thing? I said, no, join means your butt and your buck has to be there. Because there's your heart, 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 as Grandpa Jones would say. They didn't receive the Holy Spirit. They got baptized, did not receive the Holy Spirit. So the apostles came, and the result of them having hands laid upon them, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon them and anointed them. Let me tell you what water baptism is doing. It's declaring that you are divorced from the world. You are declaring that you are forsaking the world. Hello? Why is that important? Because it's what God's all about. Laying of hands is a declaration that now we are joined to God. It's about becoming one. Y'all hear me? Laying on of hands. I taught it last week. If you wasn't here, listen, go, go listen to it. You lay hands on that animal and you become one with that animal. And your sins are identified with that animal and it's transferred to that animal. It's two, one thing, two sides. Since we become in the body and part of the body and joined to the body, we need to get identified with everybody in the ecclesia, and we need to submit to the delegated authority of Yahshua in his church. If we put our entire being under the authority of Yahshua the head and his delegated authority, you get in place, you'll experience the flowing of the anointing spontaneously. That's what Joel's song was about. I haven't, this ain't the first time I preached this. What time? When did you write that song? My God, the 80s? 80s or 90s? I'm joined to a man. I'm under the window where the blessing flows. I'm submitted to authority. I mean, it's a great song. It's, it's, it's about that fourth foundational principle. Once we get our position right, the anointing is going to flow to us. It don't matter who you are, like I said last week. It don't matter if you're a little baby toe. The same oil that's on the head, which is the only thing that ever got anointed and is anointed. But if you get in place in the body, you become joined, you become one, all of a sudden, you get the same anointing. That's real good news for me. If your position is not right and it's wrong, you know what? The anointing's not going to flow to you. And here is the dilemma. These Samaritans were in a predicament, man. They, got a, they believed on the name Yahshua. They believed he was the one Messiah that was coming. They got baptized. But they hadn't received the anointing, the empowerment, the life of God, the Spirit of God, the power of God. And then the disciples came and joined them and became one with them. And what they did, they said, okay, let me tell you what, back it up. Beep, 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 beep. We opened your gas tank and the apostles stuck the gas. What's that gas thing called? The spigot? That's what we call it. I had a phone call from somebody one time saying, hey, well, this won't fit. I don't know what's wrong with it. It won't fit my car. I said, what color is the handle? Green? I said, put that one up <laughs> and grab the other one. 
laid their hands on their head. They, they was responsible for them, to God for them. They laid hands on them, and there the anointing came, united them, and joined to them in holy matrimony. And they became one. The apostles came and did that. And when that happened, the Spirit of God descended upon them, and the flow of the Holy Ghost came to them. We got another case over in Ephesus. Paul was on one of his journeys, traveling, evangelistic, missionary, however you want to say it. And when he got there, he met 12 disciples who had received only the baptism of John. Listen closely. This is over in uh, Acts 19. I, I'm not going to go there because I want to finish my message today. But I'll tell you, this is where it's at. And Paul asked them this. Hey, y'all believed? Y'all been baptized? You repented and you were baptized? Have you received the Holy Spirit? And you know what they said? Huh? We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. The problem today is people don't know there's a, they, that they don't know there's a Holy Spirit. They don't know what that really is and how to really have it. You know what I just said? It's almost worse than not knowing it exists. I got the Holy Ghost. When I was a kid, this is what happened. You know, if you got the Holy Ghost, you get smoking, drinking, chewing, you cut your hair, you got a, you got a big old Bible like Jimmy Swaggart and put a three-piece suit on, you're in. See, all you're doing is dressing up like, it's like Halloween dress up to me. That ain't who you really are. You're playing something. I'm not talking about some outward manifestation that is, is, doesn't have an inward power and flow. It's got to be organic. And I don't mean what everybody thinks organic food is today, okay? I'm going to eat some organic food. Are these apples organic? That ain't what I'm talking about this morning. Did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? I didn't know there was one. Paul knew that they did not have the right foundation. He said, then what have you been baptized into? How could a person not have the Holy Spirit if he believed, repented and believed in Yeshua and got baptized? You would think, according to modern Christendom, and things somebody around here may have taught you a long time ago, that he's since repented of and tried to make up to you. How could that happen? Something's wrong with their foundation. See, that's what happens to people. They go through these things, but they, they miss one part of this step. And, and now you're, you're off kilter. Your foundation is faulty. That's why people have most of their struggles and problems. And they say, I can't tell the difference from serving God and serving the way I used to live. There's a problem when you say that. And I understand why people say that. But there's a problem. And this is, I believe, the part of the foundation that's the problem. What were you baptized in? Oh, we received only the baptism of John. What does John do? Repent and be baptized with water. That was John's baptism. Repent and be baptized in water. Of the seven baptisms that's represented in the tabernacle of God in the wilderness, you got the brazen altar, you got the labor, you got the Holy Spirit, you got fire, you got showbread, you got uh, altar of incense, and then you got the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant. I got to tell you something. In all this journeying with me, I have I learned something. I ain't gonna tell you what that is today, though. But I want to tell you this. I'll save it for next week, maybe. 
the, they, only did, they only had the first two baptisms. Raise an altar, baptism into repentance. Water, the, the labor, baptism into water. The lampstand, baptism of the Holy Spirit. The oil and the fire on the lampstand, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Table of showbread, altar of incense, holy of holies. 30, outer court, 60, inner court, 100, holy of holies. Which is maturity. It's a pattern and amount that Yahweh gave us. Another one in the Old Testament of what the process is. It's really the foundational principles right there if you look at it. They only these these people that Paul went to visit, man, they'd only been baptized in John's baptism. What is that? Repentance and water. So Paul said, Look, you need to be baptized again, but this time into the body and the Holy Spirit. Paul laid hands on them. You baptize in water, you get joined to the body, and spontaneously the Holy Spirit comes. In the tabernacle, they are in the same place, position, as far as moving on, but yet they're on opposite sides. I know people who think they receive the Holy Spirit without the laying on of hands, and it's a mess. It's been my experience. And I'm not saying this is in general. I'm just saying that it has been my experience and it's been nationally exposed that people who do not understand laying on of hands, who have an outward manifestation of some kind of the, of the Holy Spirit, guess what happens to them? They get into sexual impurity. What are you talking about, Johnny? Well, can I just mention some names? No, I don't want to mention names. I'm doing a lot of things I don't want to do today, right? That's 60-fold people. Without the laying on of hands, the, the Holy Spirit doesn't spontaneously come from the head to you. Now, I want you to listen close to me. And I, I, the reason I'm struggling this morning is because I, won't, I don't want to say something that's going to distract you any further than we've been distracted all these years. Maybe Wednesday night I'll make this clear to us. But, but let's just move on this morning, Johnny. Thank you, I will. So what does that mean? We need hands laid on them. They need to get into the body. They need to be joined and become one with the body. Why? Because becoming one is the purpose of God. There is one God. I thought there was three. There's one uncreated one. But yet, multitudinously, there are many that are one. When you marry your husband or wife, it is a symbolism or similitude and a type and shadow of you becoming and let the two become. Oh, we're getting close to a mystery here. If a man's not baptized, he can't receive the laying on of hands. A person's got to be baptized. Well, it doesn't mean that you just get dunked in water. You've got to be able to understand that you're forsaking the world. You're entering into Christ and you are dying to yourself and resurrected as a new creation no longer your way, but God's way. I think there's confusion even about baptism of water, don't you? I said, don't you think there's confusion? I say, do you really think you want to be baptized where you are going to identify with the same death and become one in death of your flesh and deny your flesh and say no to the world and then be resurrected in newness of life? No longer your own, but now you become one and under the authority of another. If you won't believe that, be baptizing people. I'll say, boom, boom, just baptizing people left and right. Boom, boom, done it. 
Oh, I don't even want that mental picture. You got to live by the body. You got to be in the body. That's why I'm telling you, people don't think it's important to be in church. They think, hey, well, I don't have to be in church. Well, maybe that's true in the sense of church, but you got to be joined to the body, and this is when we gather. This is when we're here, and if you're part of us, you should be here. And I'm not just trying to get a bunch of people to come. As a matter of fact, if this wasn't true, I'd probably be an internet preacher. I'd just preach and teach at my house, get on the lazy boy, sit back there, teach, send the messages off on YouTube or whatever we're on now, and then just uh, let people send money to me. We'll save us all the problem of light bills and, pro and building problems. Be easy. Hey, I love you, man. Love you way over there. Well, we're close. How many of you know it's a lot easier to love somebody that you not have to live with every day? You can't get frustrated with people in the ecclesia. That's because they're here. You love the people in the world because you ain't with them all the time. And those people who get on your nerve the most, you know, is the ones that are going to get you your well done. Hello. I wish y'all could get this. I'm praying that this becomes so real in us. See, in 60-fold people, they love that outward manifestation. Man, I watched a thing the other night on TV because it's just kind of my roots. Yet, yet, even though I've never been to a snake handling church. Like, like what's his name? The guy had the song about rattlesnakes. He, they went to sing him and his two girls, uh, uh, girls that sang with him, Wendy Bagwell. He's like, they sang their song. They went to sit down and they brought these rattlesnakes out. They were like West Virginia or East, East, Eastern Kentucky. And he's like, hey, where's the back door? He said, they ain't one. Yeah. Well, you reckon they want one? <laughs> hey, I saw this guy, man. It was an old thing on, on Amazon Prime. And they, they pulled the snakes out, man. And this guy was talking so bold, and they were getting these snakes out. And, and all of a sudden, this snake turned around and bit him. It wasn't a big snake, but he don't take a big snake. He went from hallelujah, victorious Christian, to pale white. Uh, this is what he said. One day I'm going to find out why these things bite. <laughs> well, it may not be. You better hurry because you, you're not here to be here soon. Because what they won't do, they won't even take medicine. What they'll do, they'll drink strychnine. Stuff like that. Oh, Outward manifestations. But I found these people are underdeveloped. And they're not mature. And they don't understand the deeper things of God. You hear what he just said? Look, I'm not going to expect Goo Goo, who is my granddaughter... I'm not expect her to know how to drive a car. We're just so proud she pee pee poo poo. <laughs> Yay! It's a wonderful thing. But I don't expect her to uh, balance the checking account. The fact is, the eternal babyhood of the church is based on poor foundation. Not even knowing that it's called ignorance. Blinded! Paul said, look, let the ignorant stay ignorant. I got, to, I got business to take care of because people choose to stay ignorant. We got to understand that it ain't that outward manifestation that we should really be concerned about. Man, I don't speak in tongues. Something must be wrong with me. Well, let me tell you what. If, it's the, if you got the inward flow, and that's what you should judge yourself by, not whether you can prophesy, and if you see miracles, and, and you got speaking in tongues, and you can do all that kind of junk. Look, that's great. That's great. But if you don't have the inward flow of the Spirit, and you're not maturing, let me tell you what it means. You ain't got nothing. I said, you ain't got 
nothing. Psalm 133. It shows us the head's been anointed. We talked about it last week. The anointing of the head equals the anointing of the body, which equals the anointing of every person there. When you get in line, it don't matter what part of the body you are, it's going to flow right down the head, through Aaron's beard, down every place of his garment. I thank Yahweh and I praise Yahweh because I know that if I get in the right position with God, that I can have the anointing of Yahshua. And everything comes with that. I, 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 I speak in tongues, Brother Johnny. Well, I wish you would have the manifestation of the word of knowledge and you wouldn't keep doing stupid stuff. Tell you what I can do, Brother Johnny. I got, I got the gift of miracles. It's a manifestation of miracle. Man, I think that's wonderful. But it, it sure would be nice that you would have the knowledge of what, which mate to pick to marry. This is good preaching. Thank you very kindly. Outward and signs that you think, we think that we, we're somehow just, we somehow think it makes us spiritual. It don't. And I've seen people that have an anointing on them. All it is is a, a gifting that they received that they've developed. Now, most preachers should go and be vacuum cleaner salesmen because that's really their calling. They're not apostles. If they were apostles, they wouldn't know apostolic doctrine. And they would sure know that Yeshua's name ain't Jesus. And they would help the world know this great truth. The outward stuff, man. Paul said, I didn't come with you enticing words of, of man's wisdom. I came in you with demonstration of power. And I'm going to tell you what kind of power it was. It rocked somebody's life. And changed them forever. That they were willing to die. You hear what I'm saying? I believe that that Holy Spirit is available today. My studies of people in the past, the histories, hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, thousands, I should say thousands, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, that the people who believed, believed the gospel of things like heaven, you know, whether you go heaven or not, whether you go hell or not, there is a heaven. Somebody asked me the other day, yes, there's a heaven. I said, you just ain't going there. Satan, you know, all those things that know that, let me tell you what they did. They began to deny the manifestation of the Spirit. And I believe it's because they didn't experience it. And I believe it's because it became such a doctrinal thing to protect that their whole idolatry was in that doctrine of Satan, Lucifer, whether you go to heaven or hell, everything, that was the whole thing. But the purpose of God was not that. That's just the truth. The purpose of God is that you and I become one and that God is manifested and is mingling in this mortal body by His Spirit. Through a direct, a direct connection from him to Yeshua, by the Spirit, to me. And a bunch of me's is us. And what Yeshua said, he's me and my father are one. Lord, I pray that they be one as you and I are one. My God, it's so simple. What's important isn't some outward sign. What is important is that you and I understand the source for that anointing. And how to Receive it. The anointing comes when the anointing of the head becomes the anointing of the members of the body. The head is anointing, and when it flows down to the body, there you go. 
Listen to James chapter 5. I want you to go there for me. Start with verse 14. I want to give you, if you'll listen to what in, in light of and in context of what we're talking about today, I want you to look at a scripture that I hear is misquoted all the time. They don't misquote it as far as what it says. They misquote it as what the meaning means. Because they're looking for an outward manifestation of laying on of hands. And if you'll look, it's really not what this is about. It says, anybody sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Number one, who are elders in the church? They are people who are in spiritual authority over others. You hear what I just said? I'm not talking about appointed people. I'm talking about people that truly are. And you can't have authority if you're not submitted to authority. Period. Let him call for the elders. i got to throw this in. He didn't say the elders are going to call you. See, we got it backwards here. It's Elisha to Elijah. It's not Elijah to Elisha. Those that receive a spiritual father, don't expect the spiritual father to, to beg you to come to church and call you every time you feel bad. And, and you, I'm just, look. that ain't how it works. You. It's Elisha to Elijah. As a matter of fact, Elijah, and that, there's another one, 30, 60, 100 fold, Bethel, Jericho, Jordan, crossing over. Y'all know the teaching? You should. We understand. He tried to get rid of him. It appeared in every city. Hey, you stay right here. I'm going on. Today's society, people would have got a big old, their lip would have hit the floor, and they'd have pouted forever. If you want it, here it is. Come and get it. But you better hurry because it's going fast. Y'all hear me? The anointing. Elders. Call the elders of the church. And listen to what he said. Let them pray under them. What's it say? What does that mean? It means there's a flow of anointing in the house and the work of God. And a guy, I've had more than one guy. A lot of people say this. Men have said this to me before. My wife won't submit to me. I said, well, you won't submit to me. You expect your wife to submit to you when you're not under the authority of the church? You just do whatever you want to do. Guess what? When you tell her to do something, she's going to do whatever she wants to do. Now, that's good preaching, and nobody amened me. <laughs> Let him pray over you, over you, anointing him with what? Oh, in the name of Yahweh. It's, that right there is the whole gospel and the purpose of God. His name's Yahweh. You're going to get anointing oil by referring to people that are over you who will do something by doing what to you? Second foundational principle. I mean, excuse me, fourth foundational principle. What is it? They're all right. We got, come lay hands on them. Go, go to the next verse, I'll show you. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. What is he talking about, Joel? People get sick and are weak and die prematurely because they don't discern the body. I just quoted Paul in the book of Corinthians where he's talking about the table of the Lord. What, what are you talking about? Paraphrase will say the sick and the Lord's going to raise him up. And if he committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. What sin do you think they've committed? I'll tell you what they committed. They've trespassed against the very purpose of God thinking that it's not important to be one with the rest of the body. And dependent on 
Here we go. I don't need anybody to help me live my Christian life. You're right. Bye. And when people repent from being sick, where's sick come from? It's from not discerning the Lord's body. That's a whole other scripture, a whole other message. That's why part of that communion table is about. Everybody makes that communion table so personal. They think it's just about them and Jesus. And I've sinned this week and I failed. Jesus, I want you to forgive me. And here I am. I'm humbling myself to you. They don't understand what that's even about. Even though we preached it. And they're sick. And when I say sick, they're infirm. That don't mean that they, they've got some disease or something. It means that they do not have an anointing and the divine life of God flowing to them. Which ultimately results in sickness. Which also, these carnal bodies can too. I mean, you know, when you get older, somebody says, you better have fun in your, in your 20s and 30s because when you get 60, that engine light comes on. Go to the next verse. What do you do? Confess your faults one to another. What do you do? Pray one for another. Why? So you can be healed. Y'all hear the process? There you go. There's your healing. Becoming part of the body. Being joined together. Knowing what Yahweh's purpose is. Submitting to it. Getting under that place where the anointing comes to you. Confess your faults one to another. Look, that's, that's personal. That's intimate to me. And we've had meetings here where people get up here and just say, Look, this is, this is what I'm struggling with. Most people ain't going to tell you nothing. They're going to come to church, everything's all right, and it's all right, and no, it's all right, and they just blame God for where their life is. I want to tell you, then we pray for one another. Where's the power? In a collective, I always say this, unity is the vehicle for the anointing. Do you hear what he just said? Man, I've preached that since the shopping center. So we got this, confess your faults. Pray one for another that you may be healed. Oh my God. So me praying for you brings healing to me. Is that crazy or what? Why? Because I am releasing, giving, and in God's economy, the way to receive is to? Do you really believe it? I told somebody the other day, I said, or maybe it's this morning I was talking. I said, look, worry proves to me that I don't really believe that God is. That's what worry really does. I just don't really believe that God is. I'm not saying that things can happen in your life and at the moment you're like, oh, oh my God. Or you're hurt by things that happen. I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. All right. So what, what kind of prayer is a man that's righteous? What does righteous mean? Old saying is in right standing with God. What does that even mean? That you are in right standing you're not out of line. You are in line with the flow that comes down, understanding that's how God works. And that the kingdom of God ultimately is a government, which ultimately is the greatest government ever in the world. It's called family. You heard what I just said? Not kings necessarily, but fathers. The very first thing that God did to restore man in his purpose. There is one thing that happened. There was one, set, one exception to what happened. And that was an old boy named Cornelius. Cornelius was an Italian. He was a Gentile. And before Cornelius was baptized 
And before Cornelius had hands laid upon him, he received the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So there's exceptions. Can I tell you? There was one made. God did it for a reason. And he never broke the rule since. There may be somebody that lives in the dark jungles of somewhere or somewhere nowhere. I'm not saying God can't do anything. I'm just saying he's not going to go against his principle unless it's something this big. And that big is what? Peter was a Jew. The Jews were racist. They thought anybody that wasn't a Jew was unclean. They thought that, that Yahshua came just for them. And the fact is, he did initially. Well, he told the woman, he said, she said, hey, I need to heal my sons. He said, look, I'm not sent to, to the dogs. They called the Gentiles, even Yeshua called the Gentiles dogs from that culture viewpoint. But she said, even the dogs get the crumbs. What a prophetic thing. And Yahshua knew that. So guess what he did? The Gentile who wanted the crumbs got what she asked for. Because she went and got in line. It's a beautiful story. I'm not going to waste my time telling it, but I'll tell you that this is about Peter. God gave him a vision. He saw a vessel descending from heaven like a great sheet with many things on the inside. And this is what Yahweh said, slay and eat. This is Acts 10, 13. And those things that he saw in that vision were things not, he was not allowed to eat as a Jew. They were unclean to him. And Yahshua said, Go get you some bacon, boy. Somebody ought to shout right now. <laughs> How about some ribs? Woo! Hallelujah! I feel an anointing coming on me now. He said, no. I've never eaten anything, un anything common or unclean. I've never dealt, dealt with, a, with a Gentile before. Well, that sheet came down Two more times, three times altogether. Peter got it clear. And if he hadn't had that vision, I don't think he'd ever been clear. Can I tell you that old belief systems and old concepts and old traditions and all of those biases we have are strong? I have to realize it. So a lot of times we ain't going to get it the first time. We're going to get it the second time. It took Peter three times. But I love the fact that these Gentiles were given the opportunity in the age of grace to become married to Yeshua, become part of his bride. Cornelius, Peter gets there and he said, look, I know they believed, but I, I don't know if I should baptize them or not. Baptism means to forsake the world, to enter into Christ. They've already done that in their hearts. My, my thing is, the exception was for the fact. Paul went to Ephesus. He practiced the laying on of hands. And the practice of laying on of hands continued. That gave proof of Paul's ministry to the Gentiles. And God took Jew, Gentile, free and bondman, male, and female. And he did what he does, which is his purpose, and that is to make them all one like him, which is what God is. He's many, but yet one. And I'm not talking about a trinity. The Elohim are all the many that are now God like. Let me tell you what makes you God like? You can live forever. 
And your character is like your father. I had a young man I met with by accident this week. And he basically said he was an atheist. So we had a long conversation. And he, would, he said, why? And we had, after all this long conversation, he said, why does God want to do that? I told him about God manifestation, God redeeming man, God having... I said, don't you have a baby? So you got a, what do you have, a son? Expecting another one? Yeah. That's why. You not, did you not feel something when that baby was born? See, God is wanting to intermingle himself or reproduce himself in humans who chose against him. Is there anybody here that would have a son or a daughter who is in rebellion Living in sin, destroying their life, that you wouldn't want them restored? That is the motivation of Yahweh. You hear me? That's his motivation. Why does God do this? Because he loves it. It's that part, everybody ain't going to do it. The beauty part of my, for me is I'm going to do it. And I know there's others right here in this expression of the body of Christ. Self-contained bride right here who are doing it too. The practice of laying on of hands continue, continue. Paul did it. They continue. And it's not suffered an interruption since that we know of. You have got to get this. And in society the way it's going today, it's doing it the opposite. But we cannot live alone. There cannot be solitary Christians. It's against the whole purpose of Yahweh. We must be fellow members together with other people in the ecclesia. Listen to me. My God, please hear me. Don't, don't sit there and let it blow over your head. You ain't going to get any further. Matter of fact, life will, I mean, your Christian walk, you'll get dis discouraged with. Turning over a new leaf ain't enough with God. You'll, it won't last you. Well, okay. Listen to what I'm fixing to tell you. You've got to learn to submit to the authority of the head. Listen to me. You cannot be rebellious. And something as simple as what I said to you today about giving Chester money. I'll just pay for the whole thing. That's being rebellious. This is what we're doing. This is what the body's doing. When your body is trying to do something and there's a part of that body that is rebellion to it, it's called cancer. Y'all hear me? Another physical similitude of how to get your maturity and get it well done. Those radical cancer cells, they go and then they gang up with each other. They're like thugs in your body, man. Yo! They got their banners and flags. They're coming, man. We're going to we're going to rebel. I feel so sad that every time when we do something in unity and people start complaining about it. I'm like, wow. Just don't do it. You better shut up. Just don't do it. We must submit to God together with one another. I'm joined to a man. Look, I'm, we're, He's joined to me and I'm joined to him. We are people joined together. My wife and I, 40 years ago, I talked her in. I mean, she 
She married me. And we became one. To start with, we didn't act so much like one. We were so different, but yet we did have a goal, a one, one goal. And I'll say what our one goal wasn't. It really wasn't to have children. Our goal really wasn't to get a nice house. I mean, that's, that's just peripheral stuff. Our goal was to help one another accomplish the purpose of God. And so that had authority and more power over what she didn't like and what I didn't like. Tough titty, as the Bible says. It don't matter what Johnny wants. This is a mystery I'm going to tell you about. We've got to submit to God together. If we do this, the true anointing will be manifested in our lives, listen, and in our work spontaneously. Brother Johnny, we need to fast. Go ahead if you want to. I'm living a fasted life. I think sometimes corporately we may need to call a fast, but the fact is you should be living a fasted life. I'm just going to eat 2,500 of those. Well, you, need to, you don't need to do that. You need to live a fasted life. And we found out, even from science and doctors and just common sense, that uh, our eating's killing us. And it, it ain't just because it's got poison in it. It's just that we've eaten so much of the poison. <laughs> True? Come on. I'm not condemning people. That, I mean, I know everybody's got issues. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 5 for me. We're going to read this. And I'm not going to confuse you by saying we're almost done. You've got that extra hour of sleep. And I'm going to take advantage of it. I'm going to read you a scripture. I'm going to read all the way through verse 33. And I want you to listen. Read along with me. I want you to ingest this. Are you ready? Oh, I'm sorry. Let's start with verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of Yahweh. You better be scared not to. Number two. Next one. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto Yahweh. Oh, my God. This don't preach. You know what they tell me? Well, that's back in that culture. That was back in that culture. You mean the ones that obeyed the Bible? Hello? Now, if your husband tells you, honey, we're going to go rob a bank, tell him, hell no. Hear me? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about two people who understand in house number two that there is a flow of an anointing that comes from the head, Yeshua, to the man, to the women, to the wives, to the children. And it is a covering of protection. If a man don't want to cover you, then guess what? You better have an apostle in your life that's covering you, that you're submitting to. But you're not going to get away from submitting just like he's not. I'm just looking at these faces right now like, what, what version's that? Go to the next one. For the husband is the head of the wife. Even as Yahshua is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Are you all putting this together? Come on, come on, wake up. You're putting it together? 
Huh? Don't daydream on me. Don't daydream. I remember who I was married to. I know. I remember that. My mom and daddy. Huh? No, 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 no. Day, no daydreaming. My husband. Huh? Shh, shh, shh. We're learning the Bible. We're learning how to get the anointing spontaneous into our life. We're learning how to get her well done. Because that's what we're doing together. Go to the next verse. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let their wives be to their own husbands sometimes. I am losing y'all. I feel it. Y'all get back. Get back! Halloween ain't over yet. I feel it. I'll get to the guys in a minute. Hang on. Next verse. Husbands. Uh-oh. Love your wives. Even as Yahshua also loved the church. And what? I want to tell you something. When you have a man of God who gives himself for his wife, she has no problem submitting to you. Can I get an amen on any of this? Anybody help me out a little bit? I'm mean, y'all like, is that the Quran? <laughs> Johnny, are you Muslim now? I said, when a husband is a man of God who is under the authority of Yahshua, and he is loving his wife the way Yahshua loved him, a woman will love to submit to you. He says, really? I thought this was good preaching today. I thought I was going to get a hallelujah. See, I know that now y'all, the ladies are like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I knew there was a trick to it. And gave himself for it. And gave himself for it. Remember I said it, you're responsible to God but for somebody else. When you're responsible for something, you give yourself to it. You know, hello. Let's go to the next verse. That he may... Sanctified and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. What does that mean, guys? What does that mean? That you're the head of the house, you're the man of God, and you're teaching your children by your words, your example, how to not be carnal, but to be a man of God. That means sometimes you can't show your baby emotions, you can't be a little boy. You don't love me. You don't like. You got to be the man of God and step up. You got to be the precedent. You not president, precedent of the life of God. Show them the way by the water of the word. What is that? That's getting that word out. When you mess up, you get that word out, and you wash. You wash. You're that great man of God. I'm. I'm serving my my God. I'm serving Yeshua, the king, the head. Listen to this, guys. My husband. Go to the next verse. Why? Because he wants to present to himself a glorious church. Yeshua, I stand before you today, and I'm going to present you to you, Bevy Christ. I want to show you this woman who's a wonderful woman of God, and this woman who lays her life down for people. Who loves others more than herself. I want to show you her. And I hope you realize that she submitted to me to help her get that way. Oh yeah. And you see these brats right here. I mean these children right here, Lord. I want you to consider that I got four beautiful grandchildren. <laughs> I just jumped right over them, right? 
Okay. Why are we doing it, guys? Why are we doing it, ladies? It's for one thing. So you can get your well done. All marriage is, is a picture of what it takes to get a well done. Submitting one to another. See, in marriage, it's like this. In government, I'm the head. In relationship, we're equal. And in servitude, I'm the servant. That don't mean she don't serve too. Y'all get my point? All right, don't you young husbands run out of the church all of a sudden. I'm preaching on this. All right. For the next verse. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. Oh, I'll forget it. I'll, I'll just preach on something else. If you don't love your wife, you don't love yourself. And I can tell when men don't love themselves because they mistreat everybody. They kick the dog when they come home. I don't like my job. I don't like this. Look, ladies, I'm going to tell you something. This ain't about you. This is about them. Guys, I want you to listen to me. It, you don't, I don't care what kind of big, as, a big old you-know-what you might be married to. The problem is until you get in order, you can't expect her to. But ladies, that don't give you an excuse not to. Because the ultimate expression is the ecclesia. Don't get it wrong. See, we've glamorized marriage like marriage is the greatest thing. That's how we do it. All. No, it's just a type in the shadow. This is where it's happening. And all that is is showing you, showing you how you've got to act here. You hear what I just said? Go to the next verse. For no man ever hates his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as Yahshua does the church. Oh, my God. Hear me today. Go to the next verse. I might just read the rest of the Bible today. For we are members of this body. For we are members of his body. For we are members of his body. Hear me, hear me, hear me. We are members of his body and his flesh and his bone. The two flesh shall become one. Does that sound familiar to anybody here but me? Where did I hear that before? Go to the next verse. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined into his wife and the two shall be one flesh. Is that where I said stop? No, I've got two more verses. This is a great mystery. Here's a great mystery. I'm telling you all about how to be married, how to be in a position in marriage, how to position yourself, how you're supposed to act, how you're supposed to react, what you're supposed to be doing, what your purpose is, but I ain't really telling you. The only reason I'm telling you that is to tell you the truth. The mystery is really about ecclesia. Y'all hear me? I know this. If a man don't love his wife and he don't, the wife don't submit and all those kind of things in house number, number two, they're never really going to be able to mature in house number three. They'll stay right where they are. They are as we know, you stay here, God's moving on, you might as well be falling back. You'll never have the anointing spontaneously come into your life to where even when you golf, God says, that's just preacher luck. I say, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Let me tell you about it. Preacher luck. That's when you slice the ball up in the trees, it knocks around there, and it pops out right in the middle of the fairway. I give Yahweh all the glory. Next verse. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. The reason that's important, the great word, uh, great, in the Greek is the word mega. And the mystery is a secret or a mystery through the idea of silence. The root word means to shut the mouth. 
How many of you know if you practice the great mystery in your marriage and just shut your mouth? Would that be wonderful? The mystery of marriage. And I'm not preaching about marriage this morning. Y'all know that? I'm not preaching about marriage. But the mystery of marriage is two becoming, say it. Wow. A multitude becoming one. The head and the body becoming one. That's why I don't like for people who are of the, op of the same sex say that they're married. Because it is not just a civil thing. It is a spiritual dynamic. It's called many times by people, and I always call it holy matrimony. What's holy about marriage? Because it's showing you the great mystery of Christ and the church. It's showing you the great mystery of God manifestation. It's showing you the great mystery of how to live forever, which is the mystery of God-likeness or godliness. Are y'all hearing me today? Why is marriage important? Because this is where you're learning how to do it here. And you've got to do it every day. They say the heart, absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's bull. True. The world says it this way. If you ain't with the one you love, Love the one you're with. That absent stuff. So if a man and a woman are separated, they don't have the ability to nurture each other. Marriage is a similitude of the great mystery concerning Yahshua and his bride. I'm not going to say much about it, but I'm going to close it with this. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians is full of mysteries. It speaks of the oneness of the Spirit. What are you talking about? The Bible in Ephesians 4 said there is one God, one body, one faith, one hope, one baptism, and one mediator between God and man, the man, Yahshua. This one spirit is in the one body that you and I should be in. But you can come to church here but never have the laying on of hands and embrace the spiritual aspects of the authority of God in a person's life. Most churches don't even require you to give up your own rights in lieu of who they call the Lord. Jesus is Lord. No, he ain't. We have one hope, one spirit. We're the body, but yet we have that one hope because our bodies haven't been transfigured yet. Revelation, manifestation, transfiguration. Revelation comes, manifestation comes, and then we become transfigured into our glorious bodies. That's my hope. We have this hope of glory because of the Spirit of Yahshua is delegated to me if I'm in the right position with Him and with my brothers and sisters in the ecclesia. Ain't no bypass. The bridegroom is coming. Our bodies hopefully will be redeemed and hopefully be transfigured into a glorious body, a spiritual body. Remember, the word born again in John 3 is really the word begotten. We receive, we are begotten by God by the seed of the word of God. And then we go through the gestation process. And when we're born of the spirit, you can't be born of the spirit yet. Somebody said, I'm born of the spirit. And I always grab them and pinch them. He's ow. I said, that which is born of flesh is flesh. 
That which is born of spirit is spirit. You're not born of the spirit yet. Bible, uh, the King James calls it born again, which really is it's kind of deceptive in the sense that, no, it's, the word is begotten. We receive the seed. We're, when we're born again, that's when we receive our new bodies. We're born of the spirit. Now we are spiritual. Y'all get that? Ephesians goes on to say this. It's one body as one Lord. And we're joined to the word Lord is not the word that was covered up in the Old Testament to cover up the name Yahweh. This is the Greek word kurios, which means he's the boss. He's the master. He's the husband. Y'all hear me? He's the husband. We're joined through our repentance and faith and baptism. We receive him. We're immersed in him through baptism. And we choose to no longer do our own thing, but we submit to him who has authority. We enter into and have a living at one union with Yeshua, where we now become part of this body and we are all one body. When you get baptized in water, what you're saying to God is, I terminate all my own rights. And I now submit to my head. Y'all hear what I just said? <laughs> That's a hard message in America. The way we were raised, we were born, I was born a rebel from the South. South's going to rise again. Rebellious about everything. Don't like this, don't like that, don't like everything. I mean, listen to people. They are critical of everything. They're rebellious about every single thing. One God, Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. These matters show us that our being begotten and become one with an ecclesia, we become one and we become completely mingled with the one Yahweh by the power of the Spirit through our marriage to Yahshua. Hope I ain't wearing you out. I don't know how long this message has been. Somebody said two. Is it two hours? No. Too long. We become manifestation, God manifestation, Yahweh, by the power of His Spirit through our marriage to Yahshua. That's the reason the church is called the mystery of Christ, just as Christ is the mystery of God. Yahweh is one with Yahshua. Yahshua is one with Yahweh, and the ecclesia is one with Yahshua. Y'all hear? It's hand-me-down. It's generational. It has to do with being submitted one to another. The God that's in Christ has become the God in the ecclesia. You want Yahweh, then you've got to receive Christ. You receive Christ, you've got to receive the, the government and the body. Or you ain't going to get it. I've seen people just think, they, you know, I go to church, you don't have to do this, it don't matter, whatever. And I've seen their lives fall apart. They don't, they don't, it's because they don't know. It's not their mean or nothing. The cares of life choke out. And everything else becomes more important. We worship our children so much, we make them more important than God, and guess what? We lose them. It's good preaching right there. Y'all listen to me. Ephesians 1, and 23 says that Christ is the head of the church, and the church is the body of Christ, and it's the expression of the fullness of who Yahshua is. And then we get to the book of Revelation that opens up by saying that there's seven golden lampstands, and it says those are the seven churches. And that means that, that in the end of Revelation... Finally, these seven lampstands 
appear, and it's called the New Jerusalem. Metaphoric. Book of Revelation is metaphoric. Don't forget that. It's a great golden lampstand, all one. It's a great city on a great mountain. And that New Jerusalem, the great city, is called the beloved bride of Christ. What are you talking about? Because this is all about marriage, man. Y'all hear me? It's all about marriage. What is marriage? Two becoming one. Ecclesia, what is that? A multitude becoming one. Not at some universal, ethereal body of Christ. Well, I'm part of the body of Christ, universal. No, you're not. You can't be. You have to have a butt and buck experience. You've got to rub on each other. Sometimes it's rough. John said, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down of heaven out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. When Yahshua returns in chapter 19, of verse 7 of the book of Revelation, guess what he's going to do? He's going to marry us. I don't want to get into Hebrew. I got a good teaching on Hebrew marriage. Y'all remember that? You should, you should read that or listen to it. It's going to be a great wedding feast. New Jerusalem is as a bride adorned for her husband, it's the ultimate manifest, manifestation of the bride. And it's the final fulfillment of that which is typified by Eve in the book of Genesis. Don't make me go read over the whole Bible. Taken out of his rib. One flesh. One flesh. So man was male and female created he them. So man, Adam, had all the aspects of a male and all the aspects of a female. Can I tell you something, guys? That has nothing to do with sexuality. I'm talking about sugar spice and everything nice. And puppy dog tails and whatever that thing says. And so what God did, he, he gave him and he determined to enlarge his love. To enlarge his family. To grow his kingdom. Let me tell you what Yahweh did. He put Adam to sleep. And he took out all the female aspects. He put a carton on it, so to speak. And he awoke and he gave him a helpmeet. And the two that were one in the initial creation separated and then they were rejoined. Two becoming one. Who was one? Because God is one. Man was made in God's image. What is that? One. God is one. Well, I thought he was three. No, he's one. There's only one uncreated one. But now God is a multitude. And you and I have been invited into the God family to be like God. Separated, boop, but rejoined. God created all things, created a man to manifest himself through. And he wanted him to do it because he loved him, not because he made him do it, not because he threatened him to go to hell if you don't. God ain't about that. Ain't nobody ever been saved like that. A man intermingled and one with the uncreated one. This one, and this is what I told this young man I was talking to. This one had this need to be enlarged, to multiply and replenish. Yahweh wants his house to be big with a bunch of children. He wants him to be big with a big family. The bigger, the better for Yahweh. 
We are his enlargement. Ecclesia. Those that are like him. That are doing his will. Who understand the family plan. Who understand our place. That golden lampstand that we are today as the Ecclesia Life Church. It's redundant really because Ecclesia means church. As we operate and get in line, man, we, bright, we shine brightly on the earth as a golden lampstand as in the book of Revelation. And that golden lampstand has Yahweh as its very substance of who we are. And the very expression or the form of who we are becoming is Yahshua. And we're empowered by the Holy Spirit when we get our hands laid on us and our head bows down and we never pick our head up again. Like I said last week, I'm not talking about hold your head down in shame. I'm talking about we hold our head down in submission to God's authority and God's way, which cannot not have human beings involved. You ain't going to tell me what to do. I've heard women tell their husbands that. I've heard husbands tell their, their wives that. I've heard people in church say it. I've heard it all. I ain't going to tell me what to do. It's in eternity. The ultimate manifestation of this ecclesia will be part of the new Jerusalem, the beloved bride of Christ. Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. Will you put it up there, Chris? 22, 17. I promise you I'm almost done. I can't stop now. And the spirit of the bride say, come. And the spirit of the bride say, come. The spirit of the bride, having become one, Speak together as one, one spirit, one body, the bride. Yahweh and Yahshua will become an eternal couple with us. Me and Yahshua, us and Yahshua will become an eternal couple. What is that? One. What about the head and all that? Well, he's trying to teach you how to deal and walk with Yahshua. I got to tell you this. The new Jerusalem is the ultimate expression of God's manifestation in man. And God's manifestation is the whole purpose of God. That God will be in all and in us all. He will be in whom he will be, the name Yahweh. This morning, all I've done is read you a little story. It's the story of the universe. It's the story of the ultimate manifestation of Yahweh and his purpose in the universe. Yahweh obtains an eternal full expression in man whom he created. And I got to tell you, I hope to God that you understand that, that what I'm saying right now is the ultimate mystery in the universe. It's called the mystery of the ecclesia. Bye-bye.